0: Our second scripture is the gospel reading from John 8:36. Stand if you'd like. This is only one verse also. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Thanks be to God. The word of God for the people of God. Be to God. Amen. You may be seated. No, I did not do any cherry picking with the scriptures today. Have you heard of cherry picking scriptures? We'll talk about it at another time. The clock is broken, so I've asked Mary to make sure that I don't preach more than 40 minutes. I'm only joking. Well, for a few minutes on today, I want to preach from the topic freedom, but before I do that, Wasn't it awesome to see Rosie and Ben before us singing? Now, what you need to know is that those are two of the songs that will be sung at Vacation Bible School this summer. And you need to know that as a congregation, we will be singing those songs. Did you see Rosie with the hand motions? Did you see her jumping up and down? Well, some of you may not want to jump up and down. That's okay. But uh, they are providing us, yeah, we have hand motions, they are providing us with a um, prelude of what we will be singing um, at Vacation Bible School uh, this summer. As you know, Vacation Bible School um, will be held on July 10th, 17th and 24th. I want to thank those of you who have volunteered in a variety of ways to make sure that this Vacation Bible School, which is a collaborative effort with River Park United Methodist Church, will be a phenomenal success for the sake of the kingdom of God. Can I hear an amen? Yes, I did call several of you because I told you that I would. And uh, you you were gracious enough to either say yes or you uh, let me know that you could not assist at this time. Let me share with you, Evangel Heights Church family and friends, this good news. As long as, we be, as long as we are faithful to the mission of Jesus Christ, which is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, we will continue to grow and be a blessing not only to this immediate mission field, but even beyond. Thanks be to God. Amen? Amen. 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 Now, some of you are not sounding really excited because you're concerned that Pastor Michelle may ask you to stand up and sing one of those songs today. <laughs> not today. But, Lee, soon. (laughs) Soon. Soon. We are blessed as a congregation to have uh, children, youth, and young adults as a part of this congregation. And it is our commitment to help all of us to remember just how rich we are. With children, youth, and young adults. And I'm thankful for you, adults. And I'm thankful for you, seasoned saints, too. Glory be to God. Well, Pastor, let's hurry now. Amen. Did someone say amen? <laughs> On this, uh, Fourth of July weekend, I'm mindful of the fact that uh, this is a time when some citizens will pause to celebrate the birth of a new nation and other citizens will pause to celebrate the fact that they have a long three-day weekend and they do not have to go to work on tomorrow. I'm mindful that other citizens p- are pausing to revisit the meaning of July 4th through the lenses of Frederick Douglass's 1852 speech titled, What to the Slave is the Fourth of July? This morning, I want to invite you to pause and think along with me about freedom When I speak of freedom, I'm not referring to the freedom that many Americans are celebrating or the freedom that appears to be elusive to some citizens of this nation. No, today I want to preach about the freedom that we Christians have been given through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Repeat after me. I am free. I am free. free. Let us pray. Lord God, help us to hear you through the preached word today. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart honor and glorify you this day. In the name of the great emancipator, Jesus Christ, I ask. Amen. Now, although a total of two verses are printed in the bulletin today, I encourage you to read the larger context out of which these two texts Are found. I would encourage you this week to read Galatians chapter 5, verses 1, and then also read verses 13 through 25. And then I would encourage you to read John chapter 8, especially verses 31 through 38. Paul writes this letter to the churches of Galatia, which are located in Central Asia, churches that Paul had founded. So, needless to say, The churches of Galatia are written for two reasons. To remind the young Christians that they have freedom, not by following the Jewish law being circumcised, as certain Judaizing teachers had demanded, teachers that had infiltrated these churches. Judaizers who were sharing with them that they were obligated to keep the Mosaic law. No, Paul insists that a person becomes right with God only by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. And not by the performance of good works or ritual observances. Let me just say that one more time. We become right with God. When we receive the faith, the faith in Jesus Christ, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, we don't become right with God because of our portfolios, because of the good works that we did on last week or even on yesterday. No, it's not about works. (laughs) It's about faith in Jesus Christ you got faith? These churches were faced with the crisis so Paul has to address this crisis that is found within these churches the second reason why Paul writes to these churches is that Paul must defend his apostleship you see there were people who were questioning his authority. Who gives you the right to teach that only by faith in Jesus Christ, without being concerned about Mosaic laws, the do's and don'ts, the works, who gives you the right, Paul, to tell Christians that if they want to have a right relationship with God, it's only by faith. And so Paul in the book of Galatians outlines why he has the right. And if you were to read Galatians chapter 1 through chapter 2, Galatians chapter 1 and 2, you will see Paul laying out why he has the right. He has the right because he is an apostle of Jesus Christ. He has the right because of his faith in Jesus Christ and the fact that he has had a direct encounter with Jesus Christ who has set him apart to preach the good news to Gentiles. So chapter 5, verse 1 encapsulates the practical application of Paul's teaching. Hear it again. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. This freedom that Jesus Christ offers is a freedom that delivers us not only from spiritual matters, but also from matters that we are entangled with in the world. There are so many people who find themselves in bondage because of politics and economics and and group thinking and fear and religious thoughts. They are so tangled up. They have never experienced the freedom that is offered through Jesus Christ. For freedom, Christ has set us free, not to be entangled. The works of the flesh that Paul talks about, when he uses that that phrase, he's talking about self-centered living as opposed to God-centered living. The works of the flesh, the the self-centered living encompasses not only Material desires, drunkenness, fornication, but also spiritual desires such as idolatry. The fruit of the spirit that he lists in this particular book that if I were to pass the mic up and down the aisle, you could memorize, you could quote to us what the fruit of the spirit is, but I won't do that. The fruit of the spirit enriches not only our spiritual lives, but our relationship with those Who we are in relationship with. For freedom, Christ has set us free. This freedom from bondage is designed to help us to love. I I don't know about you. I, I, I must confess today very quickly. I must confess today that I have to constantly be reminded. That ultimately, Jesus Christ calls us to love. I have to be reminded. Because sometimes I want to tell God what's wrong with somebody. I'm not alone. I I have to be reminded that God says, love. And I want to say, "But, but God, you don't understand. We are set free from the bondage in order to love. Love not only those who we want to love, but especially those who we do not want to love. See, that was the beauty of the message of the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He talked about love. He talked about loving others. And today, we want to qualify that love. Yeah, we are set free from the bondages in order to be free to love. And we are able to do that through the power of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And let me just say to you, the third person of the Trinity, of the, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit stands ready and waiting to help us to love. Not only those who we want to love, but especially those who God is calling us to love, who we don't even see. Freedom requires us to love. This is a life long journey. Loving others. For the benefit of their experiencing God through us. Listen, this freedom that we find in Jesus Christ is radical. My Lord, it's radical. It will, it will cause us to step outside of our comfort zones and engage with people what we normally would not engage with. It it will require us, it will call us Evangel Heights Church family and friends to leave the comfort of this building and walk up and down these streets to let this neighborhood know, our mission field know that, hey, we're here and we're your neighbors and we love you and Jesus loves you and we want to be in community with you. This love. powerful. See, that's why I'm excited about the fact that our minister of families, Becky Baker, had this idea that we would take vacation Bible school outside of the four walls of the church because others need to see this freedom that we have being lived out in this love. Don't you know that when we show up at the Pottawatomie Park, that there will be people there on July 10th, on July 17th, on July 24th, who decided, you know, I think I'll go to the park today, not knowing that we'll be there sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And then on that Sunday, July 25th, we'll be at the conservatory again, worshiping the awesome living God who has set us free through Jesus Christ, yeah. Freedom, freedom that releases us to love and to offer ourselves to others as God would have us to. And we can only do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Paul encourages the Galatians to to rely on the Holy Spirit's power because then, beloved, then they would and we will truly experience this freedom. Well, we're beginning a new conference here together as pastor and people. We're moving forward. We're stepping outside of the four walls of this building. We're going to let our light shine in new and different places. We're going to let people know, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've come from. I don't care what your gender is, what your sexual orientation is what your race is, what your ethnicity is. I don't care what your, you can fill in the blanks. There is a place for you in this space known as Evangel Heights United Methodist Church. And we will love you with the love of Jesus Christ because... We have been set free. Amen? Amen. 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 Let me just say this in closing. Oh, goodness, she said closing. That's good. (laughs) Let me just say this in closing. My commitment to you is to continue to help you to understand who we are as a United Methodist Church. We are not a one-issue denomination. We are a denomination that is striving to fulfill the commission of Jesus Christ. And we will do all within our power because we're free to let every man, woman, boy, and girl, regardless of who they are, regardless of where they come from, we will make them aware. We will teach them not only with words, but especially by our actions of love that they are loved, that they are loved. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul writes, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Our freedom is found in Jesus Christ. And so as we prepare to come to the Lord's table today, I want each and every one of us to remember who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. Remember that Jesus Christ has given us our freedom. So I want you to prepare your hearts and your minds now to have an encounter with the living Savior as we prepare to join together in the meal that Jesus Christ prepared for us over 2,000 years ago. The song of response is a song titled, O Freedom. I reached out to the Associate General Secretary of Discipleship Ministries of the United Methodist Church, Dr. Cynthia Wilson. I wanted to ask her, tell me, what is the meaning of this song, O Freedom? And, and because she has a doctorate in liturgical studies, I knew she would know. And this is what she said Like most spirituals, old freedom carries two meanings. It was created at the end of slavery, serving as a reminder of the whips and chains, slave masters working in the fields from sun up to sundown. No longer focusing on the life to come, heaven but more importantly as commentary on the new found freedom in this life here on earth. So let us sing together our song of response, O Freedom.